Hello, and welcome to Talking Eye Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Rupert Murdoch is the media mogul best known for his patrician control of Fox News. That's why he had Washington all at Twitter two weeks ago when he made a public show of rebuking former President Donald Trump. This by telling Trump to forget the past and start debating the issues like education, social welfare, and economic opportunity that will define the future. <laughs> but I seemed to be the only one who found it cowardly and cynical in equal measure that Murdoch issued this rebuke in a keynote address to his corporate shareholders. Why not in a tweet, for example? Because despite his provisional ban, we all know Trump still spends much of his time scrolling Twitter like a maniac stalking an ex-lover, despite a restraining order against him doing so. More to the point though, nobody seemed bothered that Murdoch was effectively granting Trump absolution for all past sins. Most notably, high crimes and misdemeanors that led to two impeachments and post-election incitement that led to the insurrection of January 6. Because what Murdoch was really saying is that this old goose that laid so many golden eggs for him was beginning to lay brass ones and that it had better start laying golden ones again or it's cooked. Meanwhile, conspicuously absent from Murdoch's address, was any indication that Fox News intends to follow the lead of Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, Snapchat, and other media companies by banning or limiting Trump's use of their platforms or channels to continue propagating his big lie and a million smaller ones. After all, the white elephant even in the room where he was addressing shareholders, had to have been acute awareness that, despite what Murdoch was saying, Trump would continue to use Fox News to generate dystopian media headlines, like the following, from the November 21 edition of NBC News, and I quote, Fueled by Trump-inspired grievance, attempts to terrorize public officials escalate. That report quoted public officials across the country voicing fears, not only about being among the 9,000 who Trump willfully inspired his supporters to threaten this year, but also about the insurrectionist violence we all saw on January 6, being just a dry run. But this isn't about him or them. 
it's about Murdoch. Because, with all due respect to social media, like Facebook and Twitter, Fox News is still the most influential source for disinformation and incitement that could lead to political violence in America today. But there is no denying that. With just one phone call, Murdoch can end the galvanizing menace to society Fox News has become. Yet, he seems perfectly content to preside over a propaganda machine that would shock even Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's propaganda chief, with awe. Hell, Murdoch's news anchors present propaganda with such religious conviction their gullible viewers can be forgiven for accepting it as coming from God's mouth to their ears. Of course, commentator Tucker Carlson is now the demonic-laughing, cherubic-looking face of Fox News. And, with Trump an aging goose, Murdoch has in Carlson a gosling to continue. Well... <laughs> Mind you, apropos of Murdoch putting Trump out to pasture, I fully appreciate how far-fetched this must seem, not least because Republicans and Democrats alike are behaving as if his return in 2024 is preordained by God, either as the Republican presidential nominee or its kingmaker. But... For what it's worth, I'm on record in the podcast episode titled Online Comments and the Fate of Democracy on June 12, declaring my belief that, by then, Trump will be either dead, indicted, or in prison. Of course, the first is up to God, but the other prospects depend like the KKK meeting karma, on four black prosecutors, namely New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg, New York Attorney General Letitia James, Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis, and U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams. That said, I fear Murdoch and Carlson are hatching a truly diabolical plan. You need only know that Carlson's talk show is proving a far more suitable apprenticeship for the presidency than Trump's reality TV show, ironically titled The Apprentice, ever was. More to the point... Carlson is using his show to propagate far-right propaganda, peddle self-serving lies, and persecute his critics in ways Trump could only ever dream of doing. Colonel Alexander Vindman was, to Donald Trump's first impeachment trial, what Colonel Oliver North was, 
to Ronald Reagan's Iran-Contra congressional hearings. Uh, perhaps you recall the viral coverage Vindman got for testifying about Trump's attempts to shake down the Ukrainian president for dirt on Joe Biden. Well, the colonel made news again this year. This time for warning that the hatred Carlson routinely spews and incites on his TV show reminds him of the propaganda he used to hear about America growing up in communist Ukraine when it was still part of the Soviet Union. This led Vindman to assert that Carlson must hate America. But Vindman is only partially right. Because Carlson loves America. He just hates Americans who are not white Christians. Like him. But the real point is that Murdoch has found in Carlson a Trump with brains. And he is paying him like a mercenary to sow discord in America in ways that would give Vladimir Putin wet dreams. Exhibit A is the way Carlson embedded a crew in the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse to spin it into a neoclassic version of The Birth of a Nation, featuring this acquitted vigilante as a mongrel spawn of Jesus Christ, Thomas Paine, and Charlton Heston. This is why nobody should have been surprised by recent polls, which show that one in three Republicans believe violence is necessary to save America. Because that's what they've been hearing on Fox News for years. As it happens, I've been calling out Murdoch for years, in commentaries like, Aping Trump? Murdoch tweets that Obama is not a real black man on October 9, 2015. Women complain Fox News head Roger Ailes has dick for brains on July 20, 2016. Murdoch's and the culture of misogyny and racism they lord over at Fox News on July 22, 2020. And Rupert Murdoch, the Wizard of Trumpism, on January 23, 2021. Given those titles, I'd be remiss not to note that, long before it began featuring kooks and liars, Fox News was flaunting tits and legs. Frankly, watching it back then, you'd have been forgiven the impression that each show was more about the fox than the news she was presenting. <laughs> but that's why it rang true. When Me Too victims accused former Fox News head Roger Ailes of proudly proclaiming that he only hired women he deemed fuckable. I kid you not. Unsurprisingly, he soon headed a rogues gallery of men, 
including then-top show host Bill O'Reilly, who got fired for costing the network untold millions to settle sexual harassment lawsuits. Interestingly enough, Murdoch himself was never even implicated. One can only surmise that he just liked to watch. <laughs> but I was somewhat heartened a few months ago, when no less a person than Preston Padden echoed every damning word I had ever written about Murdoch and Fox News. After all, he co-founded the network with Murdoch and Roger Ailes. Yet, in a commentary titled, Fox News is Poison for America, published by the Daily Beast on July 5, Padden indicted Murdoch for, among other things, allowing Trump unfettered use of the network to peddle quack COVID cures and conspiracies, which caused over 100,000 Americans to lose their lives. But I say only somewhat heartened, because, despite that public indictment, Padden still mused as wistfully about Murdoch as Republicans, like former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, still do about Trump. And no doubt you've heard them, waxing indignant about all of Trump's transgressions, only to end by saying they would still vote for him over any Democrat. In fact, nothing is more disheartening than watching purportedly patriotic Republicans pledge as an article of faith to support a twice-impeached former president who not only attempted a coup in 2020, but is actively laying the groundwork to perfect one in 2024. Worse than putting party over country, that is putting one man over it, which of course is the very definition of cult worship. A worship, by the way, that explains why the Republican National Committee has no compunction about using donor contributions to pay the millions in legal bills which Trump and his kids are racking up. Meanwhile, just last week, the International Institute for Democracy added the United States to the list of backsliding democracies for the first time, citing visible deterioration that began in 2019. Yet, despite Trump leading America down this primrose path, Republicans are still hailing policies they would have you believe make him better for America than any Democratic president. In other words, they don't care if he turns America into a banana republic so long as they're the monkeys who rule and benefit most. The point is that Padden ended his indictment of Murdoch with a similar reprieve. I mean, all he left unsaid was that, as poisonous as Fox News has become, 
it's still not as bad as CNN. <laughs> That's how fatally tribal America has become. Which I've lamented and warned about in blog commentaries like Tribalism and Dysfunction in American Politics on June 24, 2018 and Impeachment Vote is as much about tribalism as Trumpism on November 3, 2019. Truth be told, if he were being fully honest, Padden would have explained what portends, from Murdoch being more hell-bent on destroying America from the inside, than Putin is on doing so from the outside. After all, that is the clear and present danger Murdoch is presiding over at Fox News. Not to mention this insider also failed to offer any insight into what is motivating Murdoch. We all know, for example, that Putin is motivated by a pathological envy that compels him to see America in a zero-sum cold war with Russia. This is why he deems any loss he can inflict on America, no matter how minor, as a win for Russia. In this context, I submit, advisedly, that Murdoch is motivated by a pathological resentment that compels him to see members of the American establishment as his mocking superiors. Indeed, it's arguable that the same Aussie inferiority complex that so famously animated his maniacal efforts to destroy the British establishment is just rearing its resentful head again. As it happens, this dynamic has animated one of my abiding pet peeves, because I have written many commentaries calling out members of the American establishment for socializing with Murdoch instead of duly treating him like a pariah. Nothing is more galling in this respect than the public show Allen and Company makes each year of inviting this wizard of Trumpism and his like-minded son, Lachlan, to its annual summer camp for billionaires in Sun Valley, Idaho. That's where the world's most powerful people in tech, media and markets meet to network, make deals and play. But... Revelations in recent years about the systematic way these billionaires themselves betray American values, whether through social media algorithms, predatory lending practices, or selling out to the Chinese, made clear that, far from being the proverbial skunk at the garden party when in their midst, Murdoch is just another bird of a feather. Incidentally, it does not surprise me that even white liberals in his social circle seem unbothered 
that Murdoch profits from the racism Fox News propagates. I've had cause to write too many commentaries over the years, damning their self-righteous hypocrisy in this regard. But never mind me. You need only recall the spectacle of Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, the most liberal Democrat in the U.S. Senate, trying in vain to justify his family's membership in an all-white country club. Not in the 1950s, but just last summer. Granted, with a waspy name like White House, I suppose nobody should have been surprised. But the reason for my prevailing stupefaction is that such corporate titans as Bob Iger of Disney, Shari Redstone of Viacom, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Jeffrey Katzenberg of DreamWorks, Dan Schulman of PayPal, Mary Barra of General Motors, Michael Bloomberg of, well, Bloomberg, and many, many others, all seem equally unbothered that Murdoch profits from the anti-Semitism Fox News propagates. I mean, if I were Jewish, I wouldn't be caught dead socialising with a profiteering anti-Semite, would you? Actually, given all they've so blithely tolerated, I suspect none of them will have any compunction about socialising with Murdoch, even after he allowed disgraced CBS journalist Lara Logan to insult victims of the Holocaust on her new show at Fox News this week. This, by comparing President Biden's chief medical adviser, Dr. Anthony Fauci, with Adolf Hitler's Nazi angel of death, Dr. Joseph Mengele. In any event, I finally derived some consolation when post-election lawsuits documented why the Murdochs should be pilloried as social pariahs, not least because this forced some of them to seek refuge down under. Mind you, despite naturalization in the United States, I suspect that's where their Aussie hearts have always remained, which would explain a lot. Anyway, here is how NPR reported this consoling development earlier this year, on March 30. Lachlan Murdoch, the Fox Corp CEO, has departed Los Angeles and returned to Australia with his wife and children. His move comes at a time when the company's most profitable property is confronting daunting challenges. Fox News currently faces two new defamation lawsuits from election machine and software companies seeking combined damages of $4.3 billion. <laughs> End quote. 
The Sydney Morning Herald added some context a week later, on April 5, as follows. It was the political climate in the United States that drove the decision. Things got pretty rough for the children. The school communities are very close-knit, and it extends into the wider families, and the circles and parties they all go to. End quote. Yes, I duly gloated in Treated Like Pariahs in America, Fox News Murdoch's Flee to Australia, on April 8, 2021. Notably, I observed that Lachlan was only following the trail back home that his daddy Rupert had already blazed. But I am mindful that some of you might feel sympathy for the Murdoch children. So just bear in mind that their father and grandfather spent over a decade making things pretty rough for the Obama children, whose parents had no mother country to run to. Murdoch is 90, and he's reportedly wheeling and dealing more now than he was when he was 70. So, to paraphrase Mark Twain, reports that he fled to retire down under in obscurity were greatly exaggerated. In fact, Having secured his family's refuge, Murdoch seems as hell-bent as ever on poisoning America. Come to think of it, publicly rebuking Trump might have been his way of giving America a little honey to sweeten his poison. <laughs> After all, while he was supposedly telling Trump to get a grip and stop obsessing about the past, Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes, the last of a dying breed of sane voices at Fox News, were jumping ship. Goldberg and Hayes published a commentary for the Dispatch on November 21, explaining that they were leaving because the network had become little more than a dangerous propaganda machine. Sure enough, they cited the way Murdoch allowed his gosling, Tucker Carlson, to produce a series called Patriot Purge, a series that, in Trumpian fashion, obsesses about the past, with a rewriting of the January 6 insurrection to, among other things, make heroes of the Magariotas who perpetrated it, and villains of BLM activists who weren't even there. Goldberg and Hayes bemoaned that this was just the last straw in a trend at Fox News of creating alternative facts, a.k.a peddling lies and conspiracies. 
and, all too belatedly, they expressed fears that this is radicalizing viewers into believing that blue state Democrats pose as clear and present a danger to red state Republicans today as any foreign enemy has ever posed to the United States of America. The obvious and dangerous message to viewers of Fox News is to prepare for war. So I'm afraid Murdoch intends to make America his battlefield until his dying day. And for those of you who think, well, that can't be too much longer, I agree. But it might be helpful to know that his mother lived to a very active 103. Besides, by all accounts, his 50-year-old heir, Lachlan, seems even more hell-bent on using Fox News as a menace to society, which is why the suggestion that HBO's succession is a case of art imitating life does the Roy's a great injustice. The Murdochs are far worse. The way Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger reacted to Carlson's series in a tweet on October 31 is a fitting way to end this episode. It reads as follows. The Murdoch family and Fox News are cashing in on the back of American democracy. Tucker Carlson talks a very tough game, but we all know he couldn't hack it out there. Abusing his viewers' trust for more cash. Pure evil. End quote. That's it, and if you liked it, please subscribe. It's free. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email anthonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening and... Until the next Talking Opinions, uh, goodbye.